I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everyone, welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about the National Park Service. So grab your park ranger. And let's get civical. Hello, everybody. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Let's Get Civical. I am Lizzie Stewart. And I am Arden Walentowski. And it is our 250th episode. I, it's, we say this all the time, all the time, it's our longest relationship. This is our longest relationship. This I is, mean, this no precedes my husband. Our, this precedes yes. your girlfriend. Yes. It, tale as old as time. Tale as old as time. So happy anniversary. I mean, it's not anniversary, but happy 250. Happy 250. To us. I'm like, I what? Know. I'm literally like, I didn't even what get you the a fuck gift. have we talked about? <laughs> <laughs> what have we talked about so far? <laughs> Lots of things. And so I feel like there things. are many more things we d- we can talk about. It's funny because I sit in front of the computer and I'm like, what is there left to talk about? Right. And then, but of course, there are an infinite number infinite. of things left to talk about. 
that's why this is such a good idea for a show because you could go. <laughs> that's why we're so smart. That's why we're so smart because there are any number of things to talk about. Right. And I think today, today's episode feels like exactly what we would want to do to celebrate 250 episodes. Yes. It is uh, It is exploring an institution that I would follow to the ends of the earth. Yes. If if they said jump, I would say how high? How high and off what bridge? And off what bridge? Because I you know love what? them you, so much. I love them so much and they probably have jurisdiction over the goddamn bridge. They can do, they do everything. They do everything. They do everything mm-hmm. and along with doing everything, they have also been such a resource yes. for this show. Yes. For so long. Mm-hmm. So we are obviously giving our flowers. To the yes. National Park Service. Yes. Oh my God. I just. No other choice for There's this no episode. There's no other choice. There was no other choice. Yeah. I love them so much. Love them so much. Every time I go to a historical site that is run by the National Park Service mm-hmm. that has a tour, a guided tour by a park ranger yeah. from the National Park Service, it is it is like going to Disneyland for me. Oh, yeah. I am just completely locked in. I, I'm, I, I, tell, I tell Kyle all the time, I'm like, God, God forbid something happens to you. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move away and I'm going to start my life over as a park ranger a park for ranger. the National Park Service. Oh, my God. Yes. That's the only... It's the answer. Route. That's the only answer for me. Mm-hmm. If I'm rebuilding myself, it is as a park ranger for the National yes. Park Service. 100%. So I'm excited. I can't even. They just, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Yeah. But before we jump in, do you want to talk about the sources for today? I mean. I mean, come on. There's only it. two sources for today. Yes. And we know who they are. Say it out loud. It's just the National Park Service. And her sister source, history.com. Two, That's two households, That's both alike in dignity. That's all you needed. That's all we need. That's all we need. That's all we need. You just need history.com and mm-hmm. the National Park Service. Mm-hmm. And and you could you could know literally all of the knowledge there is to know on I, planet Earth. I think they cover everything. Everything. Yeah. everything. 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 We love them yeah. so much. Yeah. So let's kick off the celebratory 250th episode on the National Park Service by starting with what is the National Park Service? For those of you who don't know, welcome. Welcome. We'll tell you about her. And if you don't know, there's no judgment. No, let us introduce you to the greatest agency of the American government. Of the American government. Mm Mm-hmm. The National Park Service, or NPS, is a federal agency within the U.S. Department of the Interior. Mm. The U.S. Congress made Yellowstone America's first national park in 1872. Good place to start. It's a great place to start. It's a great place to start. I really Mm got to get to Yellowstone. Yes. I think it's going to be something for me. It's good. Yes. In the years that followed, environmentalists, including John Muir, lobbied for wilderness preservation throughout the American West with the creation of several more national parks and monuments. 
I know. Enemy of the show. I'm so but sorry. But not in this regard. No. This was I'll, good. I'll give him credit for this. He did do good here. President Woodrow Wilson established the National Park Service in 1916 to consolidate management of America's federal parklands under one agency. So he didn't create the whole thing. He was just like, let's just organize this. Yes. Which again, thank you, Woodrow, I guess. It's a smart idea. Things were happening under different agencies, under different departments, and it was kind of scattered to the winds. I do love, and this is because I can't, help myself when Mm -hmm. it comes to Woodrow Wilson. I am so grateful that he did this and that we have the National Park Service. It's just so funny to me that in 1917, Woodrow Wilson was like, what needs my attention? I know. The National Parks. Parks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Nothing else. else. Nothing else is happening in the world. There's nothing else to see here. I have nothing else on my agenda for the day. I'm just going to tackle. Pay no attention to the war behind the curtain. Oh, my God. That's over there. Over Over there. Here we have national parks. Yes. Woodrow, you couldn't have done the other things first? (laughs) Or, like, in tandem. Exactly right. He was busy. He was busy falling in love. Oh. Anywho, the National Park Service today manages 84 million acres across all U.S. states and territories and has served as a model for countries around the world. They're amazing. You know, I'm literally just beaming. I'm glad we're a model of something for somebody. <laughs> something positive. Something positive for people totally. around the world in some regard. Totally. Prior... To the 19th century, most Europeans and Americans viewed nature solely as a resource for food, clothing, and shelter. I mean, I think that is true. We yeah. The episode on the Cuyahoga River Revive, Fire yes. completely shows yes. the mindset of people towards nature. Right. It's just a place to dump shit. Right. And, and, uh, and, na- and nature is a thing that we use to, like, you know, stay alive. Right. Like, we, it's our shelter. It's our food. Yes, we eat it right. and we crap on it. That's it. Not a thing to to wonder about and behold and observe. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. In Europe, early attempts at nature preservation centered upon the efforts of wealthy landowners to conserve trees for timber and wildlife for game hunting. So, again, conserving for a purpose, conserving to destroy later. Yes. Was kind of the early conservation efforts. We don't we don't want to wipe out Not now. the game. No. How will we hunt next season? Right. You see. You it see. would be so embarrassing not to have right. Lord some and Lady deer Windsor are coming in the Oh my god. In the summer we need to Can have you, game what would for them to think to not have Oh my god, a turkey to shoot. <laughs> Can you imagine the scandal in London? Oh my god. Conservation. Conservation. (laughs) Conservation for later death. Yes. Conservation. The director of the National Park Service is nominated by the U.S. president Mm -hmm. and confirmed by the Senate. The director is supported by senior executives who manage national programs, policy, and budget in Washington, D.C., And several regional directors are responsible for national park management and program implementation. 
So a normal structure, I would yes, say, for normal. a government agency. Yes. You got a director. You got people under the director. Mm-hmm. And then you also have branches. Yes. Branches. Branches. Yes. Totally. Yes. Totally. So let's talk about where we got the idea of a national park agency. Because we've touched on the idea of it started with Yellowstone. And they did have various monuments and other parks and things living under other departments. And we're going to talk about Mm -hmm. that. But then we kind of unified under one grand idea of the National Park Service. So let's talk about how we... How, we, how this all came to be. The concept of national parks was one of the most popular ideas the United States ever produced. Oh, Let me God. just say, this is the National Park Service talking about themselves and oh, go yeah, off. Go off. Go off. If you don't think you are the best thing that is out there, yes. there's no way you can ever be number one. No. Delusion works honey uh-huh it's called the secret and make it so it's, it's called the secret make it you know, so that's exactly right mm-hmm. that is exactly make right it so this is gorgeous manifestation yeah. by the national park service mm-hmm. saying hey i i the national park service sure. am the best thing to come out of the united states of america 100 percent, hands down no argument Mm-mm. What are you going to say to that? I, I can't. I can't even. I can't think like, of I d- anything. Right. I defy you to defy her. Come on. Absolutely not. No. Absolutely not. No. You have to be your own cheerleader. Yep. You have to be your own advocate. You have to believe that there's nobody out nobody there that better. is better than me. Nobody better. Oh my god! I'm gonna start saying this in the mirror. I'm gonna. I'm gonna wake up every day, look in the mirror, and mm-hmm. say, "Hey, <laughs> Lizzie Stewart, you are the." Best thing that's come out of the United States of America. Oh my God. Yes. Full stop. Full stop. Full stop. Full mm-hmm. stop. Or maybe I'll maybe I'll start with like Texas. You're the best thing. Oh my God. That <laughs> alone. The best thing to come out of Texas. Work my way up. That rocks. That rocks. Shout out to the National Park Service. I love love her so much. What would the National Park Service do? So the idea for a national park service writ large stemmed from the desire to protect special places for visitors present and future enjoyment since yellowstone was designated in 1872 the concept of what constitutes a national park has expanded significantly i would say so oh my god i, I mean oh so. my god yes there's it, it can be anything it can be anything. really it could be that's what makes it so wondrous right. like i it, it, truly flooring like abraham lincoln's like childhood home? Yes. Oh, my God. Uh, the, Burial The place? amount of presidential yes. childhood homes I personally, personally have been to, run by the National Park Service, astounding. 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 Yes. The original focus on natural wonders has evolved to include sites that chronicle human history, educate, and elevate the quality of life. Yes. Yes. The grandeur of the American West inspired the idea of national parks. Their vast landscapes, still untouched by development, filled the eye. Ah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Talk more about... I know. And I have so to say, as somebody who silky. just was recently driving through the American West, I totally get it. Oh, my God. It is spectacular. I was literally like, you mean to tell me, you mean to tell me that these mountains are real? I know. That these are just, like, sitting here? That they're just sitting they're here? They're just sitting here. Nobody's, I keep saying this, 
nobody's talking about New Mexico. It is gorgeous. It's crazy. Nobody's talking about Arizona. Yeah. Nobody's talking about it. Yeah. No, there are beautiful states out west, yes, that we don't talk about in the east. I'm sure people out west talk about them. I know. (laughs) They live there. We have nothing. We don't talk about them. We have nothing. Greatest city in the world. Have you seen Sedona? (laughs) Great. Artists, authors, and scientists struggled to capture the beauty they encountered and to record and share their discoveries when they were out west. But they worried what would happen when westward expansion arrived on the doorstep of the wilderness. Yes, because all these people are going to come out west from the east and be like, this is great. Let's destroy it. Let's take it all down. Let's take it all down. Let's take it all down. Oh, because humans are humans. And so I love. Yeah, I love I love when these moments happen in like 18 Hamanasha where they're like, we always assume that people just like didn't care. Yeah. And it was just about survival. Rightly so. What a horrible time to be alive. Yes. But it's nice that there were a couple people out there that were like, yes, yes, we are all dying of one disease or another. But look at this sunset. Oh, my God. God. Look at this mountaintop. Like, how do you even get up there? We could get up there. Have you seen rocks do this How anywhere did they else? Get this way. I mean, wonder. We can't lose this. No. Let's save it. Let's save it. Let's save it. So, artist George Catlin, during an 1832 trip to the Dakotas, was perhaps the first to suggest a novel solution to this fast approaching reality. Indian civilization, wildlife, and wilderness were all in danger, wrote Catlin, unless they could be preserved by, quote, some great protecting policy of government and a magnificent park, a nation's park containing man and beast and all the wildness and freshness of their nature's beauty. Yeah. George. I mean, yes. My God. A, 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 a renaissance man, mm-hmm. I would say. A man after my own heart. Yes. it's exactly right. Yes. He's literally like, we got to save this. Got to save this. On a grand scale. Yes. Not this little bit right here, and not this bird, and not this, you know, flower, right? All of it. I want the whole thing. The whole thing. thing. The whole thing. Acres and acres and acres and acres. I don't care if people want to live there. They shouldn't. Mm-hmm. The whole thing. Not everything is is meant to be owned. Inhabited. By right. people. Right. Inhabited, yeah. By yeah. people. Yeah. So in 1861, Congress appointed Ferdinand Hayden. We really need more Ferdinands. It's really an underutilized name. A name that if it came back, I mean, round. I think big things could happen. Big things. I mean, talk about what a nickname, Ferdy. Ferdy. Oh my god. What? This is the quickest aside. So, Kyle and I before bed, we like to watch a, a, a little something on the television. Sure. And we were searching through, I maybe searching through like Amazon Prime, and I saw a compilation that I used to walk at, watch as a kid of old, old cartoons. And I was like, oh, like Betty Boop, like mm. Bugs Bunny, like yeah. older, old cartoons. And I was like, oh, let's watch a little bit of this. Like it's it's nostalgic for me. And it starts off with this cartoon. It's an old cartoon of kind of a, a Casper ghost, yeah. friendly ghost type of situation. A ghost who just wants to make friends. Yeah. But all the other ghosts are have to like fly to go scare people. But Casper's not big enough to go and fly and scare people. So and he just wants a friend. 
So he makes friends with this fox that he that he meets mm. named Ferdy. And mm. it's like the best thing. Casper has a little friend. We're watching it. It's so good. And then what I forgot, because I watched this as a kid, but as I was watching it, I slowly remembered, Ferdy ends up dying. No. Crazy little accident happens. And Casper is weeping over oh the God. dead body of the of Ferdy the fox. Kyle's next to me completely inconsolable so upset that i would show him he's like birdie's dead yeah caroline would not survive are you killing are you kidding me right now and i'm just like i'm so sorry i totally (laughs) forgot i totally forgot that they kill birdie but it has a positive end which is that because birdie died he then becomes a ghost right so they could be friends forever because they're both and Kyle, Kyle was so mad at me mm-hmm. for showing him that. Oh my god! Because I was so excited when right. I saw it. I was like, "Oh my gosh, I used to watch this. This is so great!" And then, and then I forgot how absolutely That's devastating it is. Oh my god! All that to say, That's Ferdy up. the fox. Ferdy the fox. and the name Ferdinand needs to come back around. I agree. Maybe you should make it like the the middle name of your first child, and then sure. call him. If it's a, you know, Birdie. call him Birdie. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And every time Kyle looks at your child, he'll be like. He'll think of a dead he'll fox. He'll think of a dead fox. Yeah. No, I think, I think, cause, cause, because as Casper is weeping, he's just like, oh, Birdie. Oh, Birdie. So every now and then when I'm just like walking through the house, I'll just be like, oh, Birdie. And it makes him so mad. <laughs> Anywho. Back to the National Park Service. So, so it's 1861. Congress appoints Ferdinand Hayden, then the head of the government's new geological survey, to lead a fact-finding expedition to the region at the headwaters of the Yellowstone River. So they're like, you're going to, mm-hmm. Ferdinand, you're going to go to Yellowstone. Yeah. And I want you to just tell us what you see. Like, what's going on? What's going on? What's happening? Report back. Yes. Ferdinand's like, got it. The area situated in the Montana and Wyoming territories had been an attraction for explorers, trappers, and prospectors since the late 18th century. There were numerous accounts of its strange features, geysers, hot springs, and holes of bubbling mud, but it was not until Hayden's team of geologists, botanists, and zoologists returned from their trip that the U.S. government had a full account of the area's wonder. So Ferdinand comes back and is like, holy He's like, you'll shit. not believe what I found out there. Jeez it's Louise. It's like bubbling shit from the ground. The, let me, have you ever seen water just explode up incessantly? From a hole in the ground? Like not a, like, not like a gigantic, like a like kind of a small hole. Small hole. Very powerful, Very though. powerful. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Don't touch ever it. Ever seen moose? Ever seen bears? Let me tell you. Guys, you gotta protect this area. It's wild. Because also, protect the area, because you don't want it coming out here. Like, mm No, ma'am. D.C. would not survive. No. No, no, no. No. Hayden strongly advocated for setting the Yellowstone region aside as a national park, and it did not take him long to convince Congress. No. no. He was like, guys, Come take my word for it. 
look. It's really nice. Mm-hmm. So let's just let's just rope this area off. Mm-hmm. Call it. Call it a day. Congress approved the legislation in early 1872, and on March 1st of that year, President Grant signed the bill designating 2.2 million acres of land as, quote, a public park or pleasuring ground. Okay, Grant. Mm -hmm. Stuff. For the benefit and enjoyment of the people. Oh, whoa. If I had known that when I was there, I would have taken full advantage of the pleasuring ground. (laughs) My trip to Yellowstone would have gone a little Mm -hmm. bit differently if I knew what uh, it was set aside for. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying about that? Okay, President Grant. Uh, Fun fact, I went to President Grant's um, National Park Service early home. Oh, I forget where that was. It was in St. Louis. Oh, St. Louis. That's right. Just outside of St. Louis. It was the second stop. On our tour de honeymoon, yes. right after the treacherous St. Louis Arch, <laughs> we drove to Ulysses S. Grant's presidential home run by the National Park Service. Mm-hmm. We were given a tour, just me and Kyle, and the, by a great guide. It was just you and the guide. Yeah. That's amazing. It's, that's how it always is. <laughs> so good. And it rocks because you just generally get to like just chat like they do their little spiel and then you chat with them about like other things or funner facts or they think of like kind of ancillary facts that like you may not get if you're on a bigger tour i love having a one-on-one that's awesome with a park that's ranger oh my god oh my god the second section of the bill gave the secretary of the interior responsibility for the quote preservation from injury or Spoilation? I do think spoilation? so. I think it's spoilation. I did not spoilation. know that was a word. Me either. Of all timber, mineral deposits, national curiosities, mm. or wonders within said park and their retention in their natural condition. Hell yeah. Yeah. So they were like, we're going to protect everything that's in it mm-hmm. so it stays how it's supposed to stay. Yeah. You can't mine, nope. you can't hunt, Mm-mm. you can't chop down stuff. Mm-mm. It has to be like this forever. Yeah. So then along with that act, there were some other acts that followed that also protected other other things like the National Parks Act protected the parks. So there was the Forest Reserve Act of 1891 that allowed presidents to proclaim permanent forest reserves on publicly owned land that led to national forests. Love. There was the Antiquities Act of 1906 that gave presidents authority to protect sites of historic significance, such as national monuments. Do you see where we're going with this? I see where we're going with this. You see where we're going with this? You're painting a picture. Yes. Congress also authorized the preservation of four major Civil War battlefields during this era, designating them as national military parks. Totally. It makes sense to me. Yeah. Other parks followed, such as Sequoia in 1890, Mount Rainier in 1899, Crater Lake in 1902, and Yosemite in 1890. Wow. Yeah. It's Mount Rainier? I made that up. (laughs) I thought it was Mount Rainier. (laughs) (laughs) I pulled that out of my ass because I think that's how you say the prince that Grace Kelly was married to. 
Ah. But I totally could be, that could be like how there's like Versailles in France, but there's a city in Ohio and it's called Versailles. It's Versailles? No, it's called Versailles. And if you say Versailles. Totally. It's, they're going to look at you funny. Uh, What I love about this podcast that we do (laughs) is that pronunciations can can span the globe, really. But you said Mount Rainier, and I was over here like, "Uh oh, have I been embarrassing myself?" No, I think Mount Rainer. <laughs> it's probably Rainer. <laughs> I just you, went. With you the literally French just like it just flowed through. You were like, you were like, other parks follow Sequoia, Mount Rainier, Crater Lake, and Yosemite, and I was like. <sighs> What? You're like, pause. Can we talk about what you just said? <laughs> Time out. Time out. Flag on the field. Flag on the field. Time out. I just want to. I just want to circle back to Mount Rainier. <laughs> <laughs> so, regardless of if you say Mount Rainer or, or Mount, Mount Rainier, Rainier, there are two types of people in this world. That, that's right. There's your Mount Rainers and your Mount Rainiers. <laughs> choose. Choose who you are. Choose who you are. Pick your poison. <laughs> Pick your poison. Whatever whatever camp you land in, that park was created in 1899, and it's in the state of Washington. So there you Shout go. Out. And is now run by the National Park Service. That's Shout true. out. Shout out. That's all true. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well done. Well done. Over time, the federal government established policies on the preservation of natural resources. Laws and presidential decrees, however, did not solve real-world administration problems. If ever there was a sentence. (laughs) Finger on the pulse. Finger on the pulse. They're like, this ain't going to do anything if we don't have action. No. Laws and presidential decrees did not solve real world problems? Shock. So weird. Shock. Bizarre. Don't understand. Don't get it. While some of the national monuments reserved under the 1906 Antiquities Act were located in areas controlled by the Department of the Interior which, if we will recall from the top of the episode, is also where the National Park Service is housed, right? So they're talking to each other, dealing with the same kinds of things as each other. Yeah. They have, like, interests. Others were on land supervised by the Department of War or the Department of Agriculture. So they're Mm. not talking to each other and they're not necessarily friendly or, like, have the same interests. Yeah. Problems. 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 With responsibility divided among several departments, who would make the rules and could they possibly be consistent? Totally. Gonna guess not. Yeah. The problem was there was no single federal agency who had the authority to operate and advocate for these parks and monuments. Individual sites received uneven attention and minimal federal support. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Because they're like, can't. that yeah. one's yours, this one's mine, I don't like that one, you like that one, I don't want to deal with yeah. that one. Totally. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, it's like you, 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 we're putting so much money into Gettysburg, but nothing into Harry S. Truman's presidential home. That doesn't, that doesn't make, any, make sense any sense to me. Right. I'm not saying Personally. it gets the same amount of money. I'm just saying nothing be and all is not right. Crazy. Crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. There were other problems too, if you can even imagine. Can imagine. In the late 1800s and, and early 1900s, each national park and monument was independently managed with varying degrees of success. In Yellowstone, for instance, 
explorer Nathaniel Langford was appointed the park's first superintendent. He was provided no salary, funding, or staff and lacked the resources to protect the park against poachers and vandals. The U.S. Army assumed control of the park in 1886. I mean, poor Nathaniel. I know. Like, he's he's basically an intern of Yellowstone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. An unpaid intern of Yellowstone. And they're like, run it. Run it. And then when that thing, when that didn't go, when that didn't go well, they were like, Ugh, I guess we'll send in the army because you can't I do guess, your I mean, job. Yeah, the next oh. best thing is to just send in the army. The Which full U.S. Army who has f- nothing better to do right. than to regulate Yellowstone. Right. An army that's totally. full of, I don't know, paid people with paid, paid generals and totally. resources and food and water and all the other things. things. You know, like... Yeah. Yes, this makes sense. Totally. Between 1908 and 1913, the U.S. Congress debated whether to dam the Hetch Hetchy Valley to provide a steady supply of drinking water to the growing city of San Francisco. But the Hetch Hetchy Valley was within the confines of Yosemite National Park. Preservationists led by John Muir and the Sierra Club argued that the valley should be protected against human interference, though Congress eventually allowed the building of the dam. So this is more problems, problems, problems. problems, problems it's like, problems. what's the point right. of designating historical nationals preservation sites if we're not going to honor them? Right. It's like you can't you can't. You also, government, have to have, follow right. the rules. Right. Right. You don't. You get can't to be like nobody else rules. can come use the water except us. But we can because mm-hmm, it's our water. It's ours. We're the government. Mm-hmm. So after the Hetch Hetchy controversy, which let's take a moment to appreciate that name. I mean, it's a great name. Great name. After the Hetch Hetchy controversy, the Sierra Club and its environmental allies petitioned the government for stronger protection of national parkland through the creation of a unified federal service to manage the parks. So this is how we get unification mm-hmm. of all these different parks, all these different agencies governing all mm-hmm. these different parks into one national parks service. Enter stage right, Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow Wilson. President Woodrow Wilson created the National Park Service as an agency within the U.S. Department of the Interior on August 25, 1916, through the National Park Service Organic Act. Totally. The new agency's mission was to conserve the scenery, national and historic objects, and wildlife within the parks, and to, quote, provide for the enjoyment of the same in such manner and by such means as will leave them unimpaired for the enjoyment of future generations. American industrialist Stephen Mather became the first head of the National Park Service. Mather introduced concession operations into the national parks where tourists could purchase food and other basic necessities. So he's like, come visit the national parks. Come visit. Buy your supplies to stay a day. Yeah. Honestly, like, I I went I peed at a lot of national parks on my honeymoon because it's it's one of the few parks. places where you can yeah. like go to the bathroom yeah. on a road trip. Yeah. It rocks. It was great. Shout out to my national park mm-hmm. service bathrooms. They were the great facilities. Yes. Very nice. They were very very nice. nice. They were very nice. 
Yeah. I mean, way better than many gas stations I've peed in oh in my, my life. Oh, my God. Yeah. Some of the places I went to the bathroom in. Whew. I was like, yikes, yikes, yikes. yikes. This yeah. is basically a hole in the ground. There's a hole in the ground and my forearms are not strong enough to hold me up. Mm-hmm. Now I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Mather also promoted the creation of a highway system that would make national parks more accessible by automobile. He Love was it. ahead of his time. Ahead, ahead of, of his, his time. time. Shout out. Shout out to Stephen Mather. Yes. So let's finish this episode with just talking about the National Park Service today. Yeah. What they're up to today, modern day. So the National Park Service today oversees 417 parks and monuments covering more than 84 million acres. In 2016, roughly 331 million people visited sites within the National Park System. The NPS estimates that these sites contribute almost $35 million a year to the U.S. economy. People love them. People love them. And they want to spend money on them. Mm -hmm. In recent years, however, the National Park Service has faced severe funding cuts. Ooh, this is going to make me mad. Mm -hmm. Between 2011 and 2018, the NPS decreased its workforce by 11%, despite the fact that visitation to parks climbed to record high levels during that period. The House of Representatives Natural Resources Committee passed an act in late 2017 that would make it harder to create new national monuments under the Antiquities Act and would give presidents authority to reduce the size of existing national monuments. (laughs) I'm so mad. I know. I'm so mad. Let me tell you something. You don't touch the NPS. I know. It is It is literally I, like the one pure thing that we have. I know. It's the, when you go, just go. If you don't, if you've never been to a national park monument, place, historic site, just go. Yeah. And appreciate the purity of the moment, of the effort, of the work. These are just gorgeous people doing good things. I know. Trying to preserve our history. Yeah. Everybody's like, I want to go to Europe and see all the fun things in Europe. And it's like the only reason that they have the fun things in Europe is because they're they protected. preserved the right. fun things in Europe. Right. And they're protected heavily. Right. Protect our shit. We have Protect good shit. Protect our shit. Protect our shit. We have good shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. I know. It's a cra- don't Just don't touch the national Just don't parks. touch the national park. Just let them be. Just let, let us have one good thing in this world. And let it be the National Park Service and the parks that they protect. So as a result of all these changes, all these negative changes that have my blood boiling, a protest movement known as the Alt National Park Service has sprung up. The group is composed of NPS employees, as well as federal government officials from other departments, state park administrators, environmental scientists, and others. The stated mission of the Alt National Park Service is to, quote, stand up for the National Park Service to help protect and preserve the environment for future generations to come, end quote. Absolutely. Yeah. We've got to protect it or else our kids are not going to be able to go to Dwight D. Eisenhower's (laughs) ancestral home in Kansas. I know. I can't imagine a world in which that's the case. I just... Like, what is the purpose of trying to do away with that? 
Like, what do you to, get to save of, money? To like spend, like take to, that money and put it mo- elsewhere. Right, to take that what forty thousand dollars a year that they get the and drop in the, the bucket. drop in the bucket and spend yeah. it on what missiles? Uh, missiles? Like yeah, one tenth of one percent of a missile. I don't. No, so don't touch maddening. the National Park Service. It's just so infuriating. It's so, so if you infuriating. take anything away from this episode, it's a go, go, go to a national park. Mm-hmm. Go, go to They're a wonderful landmark. Mm-hmm. They're so fun. There's pro- there's one in your state, a hundred percent sure. So many. There's so many there's around so you. Don't many. realize. Yes. Get a tour from a tour guide, from a park ranger. Ask them questions. They love it. Be engaging. They love it. They're so nice and so informative. And have the best time. Take your kids. Take your mom. Take your best friend. Take your husband. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Just go and support and donate. And and don't let the government take away um, the beautiful work that they do. Mm-hmm. So with that said. That is our episode on the National Park Service yes. and our 250th, our 250th episode. episode. So happy anniversary Please. again. Happy You're anniversary. drinking a brewski. I've got a little coffee. Yes. Cheers to you. Cheers. I love you so much. I love you so much. And to our sweet, sweet listeners, we love you so much so, more. So much. And as always, if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us. We love you so, so much. And we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye.